When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. God didn't call you to singleness. You're afraid of getting heartbroken. Some people don't know what controlling is. Sometimes people are like, well, what, what if that's just being submissive? Marriage is about two becoming one, but keeping your individuality. And if your relationship is not pointing back to him, then it's not a godly relationship at all. Dear young dating couple, this week's episode is for you. Yeah, we don't record premarital episodes very often, but this week we had the privilege to sit down with two awesome people who have devoted their ministry to serving couples who are premarital, dating or engaged. So you're in for a treat this week. But before we get into the interview, we just want to let you know, you may not know, that we actually have a premarital course and it is for couples who are looking to get engaged or are already engaged. It's a seven week course and we give it to uh, for free to pastors and mentors. So just have your pastor or mentor shoot us an email, hello at dearyoungmarriedcouple.com and uh, we'll hook them up with the course. Yes, so we are interviewing today Tavaros and Safa from Godly Dating 101. And it's a great episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they dig into red flags to look out for while dating that can be catastrophic if you actually marry the person. So uh, you're in for a treat, like I said, and they're gonna share what these red flags are and also how to navigate them if they pop up for you in your relationship. So listen in. Welcome to Varus to the podcast. So glad you're here. Thank you for having me on, guys. Yeah, for sure. Tavares and his wife, Safa, are friends of ours. They are just amazing people with just, an incredible ministry. And we just wish they lived closer. I know. We live on the other side of the country from you. All you have to do is book a flight, guys. Never yeah, now. <laughs> Ditto. Yeah. Aww, but we um, we really respect Tavares and Safa. And, um, you know, we shared already in the intro about them and their ministry. But we just want to say while we're live here with you, um, how much we appreciate you guys and what you're doing to pour into the kingdom and prepare so many people for marriage. So thank no, you. Thank you for what you guys are doing because we try to prepare them and then they still go into marriage not knowing what to do. So you guys <laughs> help us, you know, after we cross that bridge. You know, so <laughs> what you guys do is extremely helpful as well. Aw, man. Well, we're looking forward to diving into your new book, Godly Dating 101. It just came out. When did it release? September, September 13th. I'm not yes. Mistaken. And it's been uh, just wildly successful. I mean, people want this stuff. They want to know what to look out for, how to date well, and how to prepare themselves for this beautiful gift that God may or may not give them, right? Because marriage yeah. may not be for everyone, but as they're preparing themselves for that they want they want a manual and you guys have provided that 
So we're, we're excited to ask you today about some of those things to look out for. So just what would you say would be the one of those big red flags that people have to look out for with dating? Um, I would say the biggest thing, since we're starting this off, obviously on a Christian podcast, is their walk with God. And you know, who? because truth be told, and I <laughs> guess this kind of leads into one that I wanted to talk about today, which is inconsistency. Um, hey. But I think it's very common that when you go in church, you know, we've placed marriage on such a high pedestal that everyone is ready to get married. Everyone is curious about when is that time going to be? Uh-huh. How are they going to look? Are we going to get to have kids? Are what are you know? Everyone is thinking about that stage of marriage, you know, so often that we begin to settle for whoever's available, you know, or they feel as though I'm getting up in age now. I don't have as many options. I'm just going to date whoever's inside the church. You know, so I think it's extremely important that you're paying attention to someone's spiritual life because I believe if you have that foundation, you guys can work out every other aspect. Um, but when you have someone that you're dating and they're inconsistent, then that's yeah. a huge red flag for me because obviously, you know, a guy can lead praise and worship, the guy can preach the house down, but can he lead you after service? You know, uh, can this person, you know, actually lead the home, lead devotion? Can you lead the children? Because it's not their looks or their beauty that's going to be raising kids, yeah. but it's the character that they have. You know, and I heard someone say- So what say is that? In- oh, sorry. I was just going to ask you to expound on that real quick. What does that inconsistency look like in a red flag? Like if they went, oh, the guy I like is, you know, like you said, on the platform and he's leading worship. And yeah. But what does that inconsistency look like off the platform? I would say holy at church and, you know, lunch driven, you know, when service is over. Oh. Um, because a lot of times we know how to jump, shout, dance, and we know how to run around the church. And then after altar call, we completely forget every commitment we just made to God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's just yeah. like, yeah. well, he seems extremely spiritual there, or she seemed exper- you know, extremely spiritual um, you know, in the house of God. But in reality, now when you're alone or when you're talking on the DMs or in all of those aspects, do they still show that same godly character? Uh-huh. Um, you know, and I, I, what I was going to say um, just now was I heard someone say um the the key to integrity is the root word i believe they said means one meaning you're the same way everywhere you know everywhere you are and that you know kind of resonated because i never really looked at it from that point i just thought oh a guy with a character you know but actually what it's saying is you're the same exact person in every scenario you know so i think it's extremely important that you know if you see that this is a woman that you're interested in then yeah she's godly at church yeah she knows how to do all the right things she knows how to make herself a spiritual example, you know, to other young ladies when she's at church, but who is she really when church is over? I mean, you know, so I think, you know, just to start off, that's probably the huge, like the biggest red flag that I would say we have to pay attention to, because that's one thing that I loved about Safa, that it doesn't matter what, you know, where you were going to see her, she was the same person. It doesn't matter who it was, whether you were a friend with her or you weren't her friend, you always had the same, you know, perspective of her, you know, and that's what I strive to be, because I know there's been plenty of times where, well, Tavares knows how to put on the church mask. Well, Tavares knows how to put on the mask around his boys. But that's not what God is calling me to. God is not uh-huh. calling us to to be one way around certain crowds, but he wants us to have that same consistent character. So to me, is the biggest red flag is that's definitely good. inconsistency because the Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So if this guy's unstable in his walk with God, you should expect there to be inconsistencies all throughout the relationship. Uh-huh. That's really good. I love that you bring up that scripture because it brings in in all his ways. Yeah. 
And that's a quick way of seeing, okay, if he's inconsistent in all these other places, then most likely, even with me, he's showing up right now. Mm. Yeah. But maybe maybe later, it's he's just going to, that's another way he's going to start being inconsistent when it doesn't suit him. Yeah. Right. Or her. Right. A lot of us, we don't think of it that way. And I think, you know, a lot of times they'll overlook certain aspects, whereas he's spiritual, but he's inconsistent in other areas, or he's consistent in his kindness and giving and all that, but he's not consistent with his walk with God. But the Bible makes it clear that it's only so long you can put on that front, you know, and eventually your true character is going to show. So it's important that we're paying attention to someone who you're not worried about how are they you know, when I'm not there, you want to yes. be able to know that this person has the same character no matter where they are. So that's why I believe uh, the key is finding a woman or a man of God, you know, who has integrity. That's so good. What would you say like to someone who hasn't been in the relationship long enough? Because there's a lot of people that are worried about going into relationships, right? Maybe they've been burned a couple of times. So they're like tentative and they're looking for these inconsistencies. They don't see them yet. Like, what would you tell that person like going into a relationship? Like, how long should they be looking for this? Like, what is the attitude around that, like, worry that they should hold? And that's the key. Um, they're worrying, and that's the problem. Um, to love is to be vulnerable, you know? So I don't believe anyone should go into it naive and feel as though, okay, well, they're perfect. No, you're, you're, you're kind of setting yourself up for failure. But if you go searching for a problem, you're going to find it. You know, the Bible says, well, certain things are lovely, just pure a good report. Those are things you should be thinking about. But unfortunately, a lot of times we go into it with our insecurities, with our baggage. So now I'm looking and I'm waiting on the opportunity for you to lie. I'm waiting on the opportunity for me to not to trust you. Oh, well, the last guy cheated. So um, let me see if Pizza Hut is texting your phone. <laughs> Just like you're waiting on that moment. Eventually, you're going to find something, even if you're mm. creating that narrative to yourself. Okay. You know, so I think it's important that you go into it, you know, being you know, using wisdom, using discretion. But sometimes people are, are great at masquerading who they are if that person Man. is actually lying. So that's why I always tell people it's great to have accountability partners or paying attention to how they treat other people um, or what you're hearing about them. Because a lot of times your friends are not hating uh, on you or they're not, you know, jealous of you, but they see things you don't see. Of I'm course, old. I'm going to be extremely nice to my girl. You know, I want her to marry me. I want her to see... You know, I want her to see the best in me. So I'm so, going to do everything for Safa to be impressed. That yep. does not mean I'm going to show respect to anyone else. Okay. You know, and a lot of times that, and that's, you know, it leads back to the inconsistencies, you know, because a lot of people, they don't have the integrity. They're just, you know, kind when they want something, you know, so it's important to pay attention to how others view them and how their leadership views them. If this is a guy, whereas you think he's spiritual, you guys don't go to the same church, but his pastor knows this guy has not showed up. To one prayer meeting in six months. But <laughs> 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 Pastor probably knows he's not as spiritual as the rest of the world thinks, you know? So it's uh, important that we're paying attention to not just the way we feel about it, but what are others saying? Right. And it's not because others, you know, you know, should be able to dictate what God is going to do in our lives, but others can also point our red flags that we that's need so good. in ourselves. So, uh, Tavares, that's a super good question, right? Like, in that area, how does somebody bring somebody on board? Like, what does the conversation look like? You said accountability partner. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think some people know what to ask for. Like, yeah. what, are they, what are they doing to get that person on their side so that they have the license to do that? Yeah, um, so I really wish Safa was here because before um, we, we got to the engagement point, Safa went, you know, full-blown detective mode. 
Um, I didn't know she was asking my friends. I, <laughs> I, I, knew, I knew my, Safa's dad is a mechanic and my pastor went to her dad. So I didn't even know that it was all these connections there. So Safa had her dad inquiring to yeah. our pastor about me and I had no idea, you know, our friends, you know, so she spoke to a lot of people about me. So she's definitely the expert on being TIA. <laughs> but I will say, I will say it's important that you, it's another part with a vulnerability because like a lot of times we think about having accountability partners. We only think about it in terms of, man, I'm struggling with less, you know, do you have any advice? Can you help me? No, but sometimes it's also, hey, I'm pursuing this woman. I don't really know how that works, you know? Mm -hmm. So finding those godly marriages that, I'm not saying you want to copy them, but you see traits in them that you would love to have in your own marriage. Sure. You know, being willing to go to those couples because I've gone to a married couple and I've never, I, I've, you know, watch people from afar observing, you know, I've never gone to someone in regards to that. It was mainly just a matter of, you know, I'm struggling in this area. Can you help mm -hmm. me? But I've had other married people tell me like, this is where, you know, my wife and I, I had a huge argument over something silly that I said, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? And if you just don't go about it this way, you can avoid so much of a headache, you know? So I know it's possible that, you know, you can have those people, but you just have to go up to them and tell them. And obviously no one wants to feel as though, will have problems in my marriage. I'll have problems in my life, you know, but if you want help, you have to make yourself vulnerable. Confess your faults one to another. That's you right. Know, pray for one another and that's where you find healing. But unfortunately, yep. we don't confess any faults and we don't pray for anyone unless <laughs> unless they they have cancer or something. And it's just like, no, <laughs> but you're not going to find healing in regards to your emotional problems or yep. regards to your insecurities if you don't have people in your corner. So, so I think it's just important that we're just going to people and, you know, being willing to be vulnerable. And obviously that's not everyone in the church you can lean on, but there are some people and God will lead you to them if you pray about it. Yes. So good. Why do you think, Tavares, and we'll ask you about more red flags, but just starting with this one, you know, um, the integrity piece and consistency. Why do you think people ignore the red flags? They see the inconsistencies but they ignore it. Why is that? I think sometimes we get our own idea of what love should look like, you know? So if I'm used to dysfunction, I'm not worried about all, you can you can tell me this woman is, has a less issue. I don't care, I'm used to it, you know? So uh, when you're used to something, that environment seems normal. You know, there was a time where we were leaving for church in the morning, my dad always cooks prior to service, so, I don't know. I don't know if you guys ever tried Jamaican dishes, but my dad is making curry goat in the morning. So <laughs> I haven't had that one. Hey, but it's it's nice to try. So my dad <laughs> has the pot on high. He goes um, to turn. He's supposed to turn it off prior to leaving. He always turns it off prior to leaving. My mom goes, turns it off prior to leaving. Um, so when it's time to leave, he didn't pay attention. He turned it right back on. We left the church, come back home. It's like, what is? Why is the house smoky? Oh, um, no. His mistake was he opened the pot in the house. Like, dude, that we smelled like burnt curry goat for months. <laughs> Every, everyone thought I was in middle school smoking cigarettes. You know, I, I was just, we smelled bad for months. Like, the smell oh, did not man. die out for months. Like, so it was in all the clothes. Like, the closets were just done for. But the thing is, after a day, you know, I, I was so used to the smell. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone else thought, you know, this kid smokes, you know, but. I was just so used to it. And it wasn't until you went outside that you realized, oh, well, that's not normal. And when you go back mm. inside, the smell hits you again. So that's why I'm saying, like, we get so used to being in dysfunctional moments uh -huh. that because I'm so used to it, I've seen that pattern in my family. I've seen that uh -huh. pattern, 
unfortunately, even in the church, you yeah. know, that it doesn't matter that, you know, this person is inconsistent because all I've seen was inconsistency that this to me looks normal. Yeah. You know, so I think it's important that we we recreate or reframe, I should say, what we define as normal, allow God to tell us what's normal. Because if we're only looking at Hollywood or we're looking at our relationships or we're looking at divorces in our families or, you know, people in the church that probably did not have the best examples, if we think that's what God has for us, then I'm willing to set up for whoever there is, you know, whoever doesn't make you feel good right now, rather than looking that something should be more, you know? So yes. I think it's important that we, we, we just, we have to revisit what it is that we're both desiring and what it is that we're expecting. Because a lot of times, a lot of people, they, they know they deserve better, but if all they've seen is less, then to them it's just fine. Yeah. Well, how do people get that better image of what they could have? What would you tell, like, what, what's the, yeah. like, hey, do this in order for them to, like, not have that burnt goat smell or whatever? <laughs> <laughs> well, for one, don't don't touch any stoves prior to service. <laughs> but I think it, I, I know part of it is definitely therapy. But, yeah, I, I feel like for the most part, and even if you're not going to a professional therapist, but willing to communicate what it is that you're yeah. feeling, what, you, what you're seeing. Um, and I say that because... I feel like there's a stigma in you know t you know being vulnerable and expressing our emotions and our feelings because True. we don't want to you know say like I'm afraid of getting married because I saw my mom get divorced. You know, a lot uh, of people they oh I'm content being single. God called me to singleness. God didn't call you to singleness. You're afraid of getting heartbroken. You know, so I think it's important that we 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 go to someone and allow ourselves to to kind of unload all of that because I think a problem is we suppress everything is, and then when you suppress it you never really resolve anything it's just kind of beneath the surface so if you really want to get a, a new vision you one need God to renew your mind God's not going to renew your mind without the word and you also need to be willing to go to someone and you know not like just dump it all on them but have someone you know be willing to talk with you so you can realize that what you're feeling is not Hmm. For one, you're not alone, but you shouldn't be feeling as though, okay, well, this is just life, you know, yeah. because unfortunately, we just go through life like, well, life is hard, but life is not supposed to be that way. So I don't know. I, I've tried to find other godly examples that I can lean on when I see couples that I think, well, I don't want to be like that. I'm not saying I avoid them, but I also don't take advice from them, you know? Right. You know, what I try to do is, you know, reshape how things are in my marriage not that i figured it all out i still struggle i still you know frustrate my wife i got all these tools from you guys that are marriage seminar and my wife thinks <laughs> i'm trolling her whatever you know she she, she, she swears i'm trolling her and, and partly i am but i'm making sure we're on the same page when we communicate you know so i'm just like so what you're saying is you know and i'm trying to do that um, i'm not sure what they're teaching my son in in sunday school at church but if Zion thinks, and bear in mind, it has not been any heated argument like that, but we're we're in the middle of breaking stuff down to get to the root of it, and Zion will look at us and he's like, peace be still. And I'm just like, <laughs> like, what are they teaching you at church, bro? Because I never taught you to say peace be still. Oh, if you think my word. But, but he sees fact, the storm up ahead. Yeah, he's like, he's like, I know what's coming, you know? But hmm. and, and he mainly says it to me. He doesn't believe his, his mom needs to calm down, but it is what it is. You know, but I think it I don't like avoiding conflict in front mm -hmm. of the kids. So I would prefer it because it's like, if it escalates, she doesn't want the kids to see that. But also to the effect that I want them to see that this is how a healthy relationship should look. You guys yeah. should have a, should be able to address it. Um, and yeah. before we go a little bit 
Hey friends, we'll be right back to our interview, but one quick note. If you love what you're listening to, you might also enjoy going through our card decks that we designed to help couples stay connected and in each other's world. So there's Foundations, which is our starter deck, and it's all about boosting your communication skills. And then there's Sexpectations, which is all about spicing up your intimate connection. And then there's Realizations, which is a deck for all couples, but especially dating or engaged couples who want to see how well they really know each other. So grab a deck or two, or three, by heading over to our website, dearyoungmarriedcouple.com slash cards. All right, back to the show. All right, we took a tiny pause because Safa was able to join us. So welcome, Safa. Glad you're with us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. So Tavares has been on a roll sharing all these tips about why people don't um, pay attention to red flags. And the first red flag that we've talked about is inconsistency. So we're going to go right into the next red flag. And we'll put you on the spot, Safa, since you joined us. What is another red flag to look out for? Um, I will. I'll just take the one to worry. Wow, she's still in my notes. <laughs> That's a big red flag. Say um, it again. Less driven. Less driven. Think, you know, I feel like it's, it's, we have a tendency to sometimes ignore her, um, ignore that, especially in a dating relationship. Um, I think people, people will get into this mentality that once you get married, less kind of solves, um, itself be marriage solves blessed which is not the truth yeah but yeah. you know you know we we just tend to ignore it because we see what we want and regardless you're just like oh that's something that can be fixed in the long run you oh. know i will satisfy that in them and we just look over it like the, yeah. you know i have to take care of that and then you know when we get married that might not be the case and i think we just ignore it based off of our own desires we yeah. see this to us they look like you know a, a good a good fruit we look they look like you know something that's appeasing to our appetite and we just yeah. we without really examining and uh, evaluating who they are as a person and, and what their flaws are and things like that that's good mm-hmm. that's good that's a big one like okay what is a what do you think would be an appropriate amount of let's say affection mm-hmm. and what would be okay well that's less driven like how do we differentiate between the two because some people are like, oh, just love is love. Like, you know, we're drawn. And of course we have chemistry. This is, this is good. You know, we're on a roll here, but like, how do you know that it's not just like, oh, it's like quote unquote chemistry. And it's like, no, that, that's just, that's less driven right there. Yeah. So I think it's, I think that's a great question that she said, cause I wanted to chime in when she was talking about it, because I've had people ask like, so how far can I really go? Um, but my thing is, I think the, the real issue um, that we need to understand is that if the conversations are constantly adding a certain direction, then you know what this person's motives actually are. Uh. You know? And I say that because let's be realistic. You're not marrying someone just because they speak in tongues. You're not yeah. marrying someone just because they go to church. You know, you right. want to be attracted to this person, but relationships come with a lot of aspects. So you want to have that physical attraction. You uh-huh. want to have that spiritual connection. You want to have that emotional connection. But if it's never about me learning about you, it's just me learning about your body or me never complimenting you on your characteristics for complimenting you on things you do or complimenting you on areas I see you're growing in, but it's just mm-hmm. a matter of, man, you look so good. Man, I wish we could do this. Man, you know, and it's just like, you can tell where your motives are. Then it's not, 
it's just what what they call eros love, you know, erotic love. Yeah. It's just yep. sex that's really driving them. You know, when I when I think about that, I think about um, Amnon in Second Samuel thirteen, whereas he loved his sister Tamar. You know, that's what the Bible says. Loved he loved her to the point where it's making him sick. But then after he gets what he wants, the Bible says he hates her more than he ever loved her because um. it was never actual agape love. It's it's right. matter of driving him. You know, he was just trying to get his needs met. So that's why we see a lot of people get into relationships or unfortunately get married. And now that, you know, okay, well, time in bed is over. Is Where's the connection? It's not really much to it, you know, and that mm-hmm. doesn't sustain relationships. So it's important that you pay attention to what is it that's attracting them to me? And if it's only physical, while, while it's great, you may find your spouse, you know, radically attractive. But if that's all it is about them, then yeah. they don't necessarily care about you. So it's important mm-hmm. that we pay attention to that so we're not getting into a relationship for someone who just wants us for our body because unfortunately, someone else in the world is going to have a nice body and if all they care about is that, you know, then things can go south really fast. Yeah. That's good. I, I love that. It brings to mind that scripture, out of the mouth, the heart speaketh. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if if all they're talking about is what they want to do and, and trying to go there, they're obviously ignoring the other factors that are actually very important for knowledge, like to know and to mm-hmm. grow yeah. in knowledge about that person because that's really where intimacy is. Yeah. yeah. So they're, what their mouth is speaking is a good lit- litmus test on where their heart is yeah. driven. Yeah. So that yeah. it, is it less driven? Now, are they if they're complimenting you and they include a physical compliment, but they're also sharing a lot of other compliments about your traits or observations about your deeds. Yeah. And, you know, your your dreams and you guys have well-rounded conversation, physical compliments or affection is okay. It's not a red flag, but it's what are they driven by? And also like one thing that just throw in here, too, is that like if someone's really pushing for physical, um, sometimes, yes, it is lust and sometimes they are um, low in EQ emotionally emotional intelligence because like let's say they got stunted from there's a lots of different reasons people could get stunted in their emotional intelligence or in their emotional uh growing up that they're not even they don't know how to connect other than through physical. emotionally they don't know where what to ask or what to talk about or how to talk about their feelings or thoughts 100%. and so I mean, all that they know is like well like closeness is like physical yeah. Yeah, and that and that's what they go for because that's all they know, and that's the key. Because like you, I, I honestly believe there are some people that it's not lust driving them; they don't know how to hold a conversation. Yes, and a lot of that can be driven from things like pornography and things like that. But uh-huh. that's what I'm saying. We have to reframe what we're viewing as normal because if that's just how I think I should communicate with women, it worked that way when I wasn't saved, or yeah. it worked that way for all the guys I do know. Then in my head. I should be this way. And I told myself of this one time in the past because, you know, we tried to talk right out of high school and thankfully it failed because I wasn't mature at all. Not that I'm mature now, but I was worse then. <laughs> you know, it was just the fact that anytime South Pole was like, hey, what are you doing? I'm just like, you no, know, just seeking God, just reading the Bible. You know, I, you know, and it wasn't me genuinely trying to, you know, over-spiritualize and try to impress her. I was really doing that. At, yeah. Every time she would ask, what am I doing? I'm just like, oh, just reading the Bible. And she's looking at it like, dude, do you want to talk to me? Like, here's the compliment. It's just, it's just a matter of, oh, he's just seeking God. And it's just like, am I interrupting him seeking God? Like, that's how it, it seems. You know, She's so like, I how think, dare I, you know? Right. 
You know what I mean? Just like when I hit him up, he's seeking God. So it's like, this is not going to work out. You know, so I think it's important that we understand it's nothing wrong with complimenting a person. Like you said, it's just a matter of well-rounded, um, you know, conversation. So it's some people that I genuinely feel as though they want to to know a person on a deeper level, but in their mind, intimacy is sex. And truth be told, intimacy does not mean sex. That's just um, one physical aspect of it. But intimacy is a lot more dealing with conversation and connection and emotional engagement, way more than that. So if that's to all I was thinking about, then like you're saying, like that's a really low EQ because you're not realizing it's not necessarily connecting you the way you think you are. It just yeah. connects you in that moment, not necessarily for a lifetime. Yeah, that's solid. Yep. All right. Take us to the next red flag. How many do we have, by the way? Uh, like a thousand and six, but <laughs> six. We're, we're gonna Joe Rogan this podcast. <laughs> I'll say I'll say one um and let Safa chime in. I'll say controlling, and the reason I'd rather say it than, than she says it because if she says it, then it's going to sound like the husband is controlling the wife. Um, but I'll say controlling is definitely one that's up there um, because I see a lot of marriages whereas the woman has no voice outside of him. Uh-huh. Or unfortunately, you see the same thing in reverse. And it's just like, sure. well, can you think for yourself? Now, I'm not one to say like, hey, I want to text Adam like, hey, bro, let's play basketball and say it me and Adam should be playing ball at 12 at night and his wife doesn't know where he is like that's that's not what I mean but I mean to the sense that you're not allowed to do anything or move anyway without this person uh, telling you you're allowed to yeah. and then that's it's no longer a matter of respect that's a matter of you're being controlled and manipulated you know and everyone talks about how Jezebel would manipulate Ahab to do whatever it was that you know she desired but I'm just like I think it's a same red flag when you feel as though you know, you're allowed to do something because of them. Not necessarily that it's a matter of respect, but just a matter of you do this because this person says you can, you know, and to me, that's, that's an issue. But I'll, I'll let you jump in there. I want to go too deep. No, I was just, as you were saying that, I was thinking some people don't know what controlling is. I, I know you kind of, um, kind of dived into it a little bit, but sometimes people are like, well, what, what if that's just being submissive? You know, I, I think uh. there's, there's so much confusion sometimes because I know that's something that I I struggle with just in general in life. I'm just like, you know, what's the difference between being submissive? Like, where do you draw that line mm, at times? Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's in order to first discover, in order to find that red flag, you have to know what the what the difference is between the two. Yeah. Um, and what is the difference? How would you kind of guide someone while they're dating to know the difference? Yeah, so that's a nuanced thing. So I, I, I would 100% prefer Adam to jump in whenever he feels <laughs> like it. <laughs> I believe that it's a huge difference. Um, it so in a few set in a few ways, right? There's a if someone wants to, right? Well, right now we're married, so it's a little bit different. But if someone wants to go hang out with her girls, she doesn't need my permission. Yeah, but I think it's a matter of respect. Like, hey, baby, do we have anything going on later mm-hmm. today? Because right, the girls are gonna do this, and I'm just checking to see if we're good. And I'll just be like, well, I don't care. Like, no, we're not doing anything. You don't have fun. But if it's a matter of where girls want her to hang it out because they're just doing whatever they're doing. And she's like, well, I'm not sure because he doesn't really let me go anywhere. Then I, 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 she may not say that, but you know, she's thinking it. You okay. know, so I think it's a, it's a huge thing. And I honestly think, you know, let me ruffle some feathers that maybe you guys will chop this out of the podcast. But I honestly think that's, unfortunately the way sometimes we operate with our pastors 
because I believe a pastor is a shepherd. He should be helping to guide you. But that doesn't mean he says, well, Adam, this is what you do no matter what. And it's like, uh, he can just say that at any point. And it's never a matter of prayer. It's never a matter of conversation. Uh, then you know, it's not necessarily I'm submitted to leadership. I'm just the control. I'm just doing whatever they tell me. Yes. So I think it's a matter of you're still allowed your individuality. Um, there was a guy who said that That's at our, our wedding, you know, he was just like marriage is about two becoming one but keeping your individuality. And people are looking at him like, dude, you are so drunk right now. But it made so much sense to me. It is, that's good. A lot of people get married and then in my desire to be one with her, I love golf, she hates it, but now she has to go because I love golf. And then it doesn't mean she's not allowed to embrace things that she desires, you have to embrace what I desire. So so I think it's important that you're paying attention to, you're still allowed to thrive, you're still allowed to become who God has called you to be you're not becoming who I want you to be mm. because Control. I'm controlling who you become that I'm God in your life. I'm an idol in your life. It's not necessarily me leading as the husband or her helping steer the ship as the wife. No, it's just a matter of control and manipulation. So I feel as though a lot of that, you know, a, a lot of trying to get to that respect aspect, is going to be uncomfortable conversations and me doing stuff I don't like and she doing stuff that she doesn't like, but it's not a matter of me doing it out of harm or me doing it because you're just going to do what I say, but it's a matter okay. of kind of being willing to compromise. So you have to be willing to find compromise in relationship. That's so good. It's, I think what's important is that people feel autonomy. Like I could do otherwise. I think that's what God does with us, right? God doesn't yeah. force us into heaven, even though he wants everyone to be in heaven. That's right. I mean, he could force us to give us, you know, to give a, give him hugs, but that's really not what love is love is free choice and so when we try to manipulate people into love that causes resentment yeah and that never ends well and we've seen a lot of times too like where people get controlling is because they felt not in control in their life and other relationships so they feel like by taking control i won't lose control or i won't lose you know these things people that are dear to me yeah. yeah. And you mentioned the pastoral relationship. So, I think that's so one good. example of where people feel so controlled. And so they play that out in their marriage. Um, but another yeah. relationship is the parental relationship. You know, if they weren't given choices and they weren't shepherded where they could still keep their individuality, like the person said at your wedding, you know, then they're going to probably play that out because it feels good to be in control finally. Yeah. Right. Man, there's a there's such a delicate balance, like you're saying, Tavares, because like at one point, like I do ask my wife, like you're saying, hey, it's not like a permission, but it's like, hey, I respect you enough that if I just take off, I know that that's going to like affect you. That's going to cause maybe you angst or like, like I'm trying to control you by my, you know, have fun with the kids. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Even if I know there's, she'd probably be okay with it. But the way that you do it is showing deference and showing like, hey, right. I don't want to inconvenience you if if yeah. it would. That's mm-hmm. that's good. Because I, I think control is a huge thing. Yeah. In, in marriage, but also in relationships. We've seen it. Yeah. What would you say, Safa? I, I agree. And I think, you know, as you guys were talking, I was here thinking like, it's, it's so hard when you're dating to, I guess, uh, put a line between what's control 
and what's not because you're so caught up in this person uh-huh. you are so infatuated at times that you're just like oh, i'll do it because i love them even though it's, it's not something that you would have necessarily have done in the first place and so it becomes clouded because you're like you don't think of it as control you might not see it till after you're married then you you know you let your guard down and things become a little bit more normal and you're like man this per-, you know he's always telling me what to do and it's so hard to see that and i think in that sense accountability is so important or even having you know um you know counseling or something when you're dating because people are going to see things that you don't know because you're so clouded your judgment is so clouded yeah Um, so it's just very important to have someone to be accountable to because sometimes you're not gonna see all the red flags and that's one of them because you you paint this person in this perfect picture you know Uh and so you do what they say and you don't think anything yeah right so good well just to highlight under and underscore what you just now said you are infatuated when you're dating for up to i think 18 months or a year and a half yeah so you will you're gonna miss stuff you're gonna miss stuff like you're and especially if it's been hard for you in dating you're not gonna want to there's that gambler's fallacy right like i've already put this much in and i might as well just put a little bit more in to make sure it wins but yeah. you really could be sinking your money into a losing proposition. Right. 100%. Yeah. yeah. All right. Is there one more red flag you want to share before we wrap this up? The, the bonus round? <laughs> um, well, I would say... I'm still my notes. Do you have one? I do. I do. <laughs> They're not drawing you closer to God. I don't know if you mentioned that prior to me being here, but um, if they're not drawing you closer to God, then that's probably a, a, a good indication that you're not supposed to be with this person because marriage relationships everything leads back to him and if your relationship is not pointing back to him then yeah it's not a godly relationship at all yep. you go to church and you're involved in all these ministries and you're doing this and that and this but together you're not growing together you're not you know pushing each other towards christ then that's a red flag growing up i always i, I don't remember where i, I learned this but I always picture in my head a triangle and let's say Tavares is at the bottom end of the triangle and I'm at the other end and God is at the top. The closer we get to each other is the closer we get to him. Uh, That's how it should be. That's how our relationships should be. If we are not growing closer to God with then we shouldn't be together. But yeah, so what Safa was saying that just reminded me of the story with, with Noah where it says, you know, but he found grace in the eyes of God. You know, it just makes me think about the aspect, whereas the Bible doesn't make it clear if anyone else in his family was living right. The Bible doesn't make it clear, you know, what we know the rest of the city wasn't living right. But it's the fact that because of his walk with God, then it saved his family. You know, uh-huh. so it's key, you know, kind of like in the beginning where we're saying with the inconsistent character, you know, aiming to be godly everywhere, because you want to make sure that when you aren't where you need to be, your spouse is still consistent in seeking God. Your spouse is still a person you know isn't going to just let you live by the wayside. And that's what I always tell people in regards to our book. One of the reasons why I wanted to write a book is because most people I've seen leave the church is because of the person they were dating or the person they got married to. Wow. So it's extremely important that you're not with someone who, when you're struggling, they just let you keep on going. But you need somebody who's going to be willing to pick you up or someone who's going to, I don't want to say allow you to be weak, but can carry you in those moments where you feel as though, 
man, well, I'm just struggling, like where Job is seeking God on behalf of his children because, you know, they're doing whatever. But you just, you need to make sure that you were somebody who's constantly seeking God because there's going to be some times where you feel as though you don't hear his voice. And you want to be married to someone who can't hear his voice. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think that's the, the main so important thing the spouse. I love that. Awesome. And that litmus test would, how do you feel? Do you feel closer to God? I love that. Do you feel closer to God or farther away from God every time you guys get together? Yeah. Yeah. Envisioning that triangle. Yeah, that, that triangle. Like, are we moving closer to God as we get closer to each other? Because if not, we're not on that triangle that we should be on. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. so good. Where where can they find your book, guys? Well, I would mainly say Amazon since it's the most convenient nowadays, but wherever books are sold. Yep, Books A Million, Barnes & Nobles, Amazon. GollyDating101book.com. Yep. Or you guys can show up to Adam's church and we're going to put, um, put up a table where I say, what? We'll do it. Just ship me a box. We'll sell them. <laughs> Uh, we love- appreciate you guys having us on, man. Yeah, oh, man. Absolutely. We and also, they have a podcast, Godly Dating 101. And when this airs, um, they will have just relaunched a new season. So go ahead and go to the Godly Dating 101 podcast and subscribe so that you can get their weekly episodes, especially if you're unmarried. But even if, if you are married, if you're discipling people, um, you yes. can get a lot of good nuggets that can be passed along because this generation listens to podcasts. And so you can just text them a link to something that you know they should listen to and be a good way to minister to them as well. Yeah. So we we end every episode by asking the question, what do you wish you would have had or advice you would have had at the first part of your marriage and then fill in the blank to your married couple? Sure. I wish someone would have told me um, that intimacy was more than sex. I was one of the people who viewed it as just physical uh-huh. connection. Um, at one time, my wife told me, we're not connected. And I'm like, we literally see each other every day. Like, how are we How are we disconnected? We have not been disconnected for how long quarantine forced us together. But <laughs> it was really her way of seeing like, we're, we're around one another, but we can become roommates if we're not yeah. careful. Mm-hmm. You know? I think it's important that you learn um, how to communicate with, with your partner, learn how they want to be loved and that way you're feeding into that and right. that's what i wish i would have been told that's right. good i just wish i would have had um better habits of communication i you know i grew up in a household with my parents i was born and raised in the pentecostal apostolic church and um you know my parents great parents still married to this day but communication as the wise mission in episode we don't argue around the kids. We don't. That's just I. I'm, I don't know how to argue. I don't argue. Period. He yeah, doesn't yeah. have to argue. He doesn't want to. You're gonna be with yourself. That, <laughs> yeah. That's how I look at it. That's I'm, what it's out here. That's why Zion tells me peeps be still good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every time the does even have a ounce of an argument, even if it's just a discussion, he says peeps be still, mommy and daddy, <laughs> because he doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't see it's arguing. So, yeah, I love it. That's the better way to communicate because I feel as though that would have really, really helped us um, just be closer and and just be able to understand each other a little bit more. So good. That's awesome. So good. Arguing well is such an important skill yeah. and confidence. It's it's a confidence. Once once you've done it well enough times, then you can start having the confidence that you could go through big stuff and still get through it. Yeah. Well, it's true. Oh, man. Thank, thank you, you so much you guys you guys are fantastic 
And we appreciate how you're pouring into dating couples all over the world. So thank you so much. Thank you. It was a pleasure being here with you guys. All right, folks, go get that book. Godly Dating 101 book. Do it. Dot com, right? Yes. All right. And we'll link it in the show notes as well as their podcast. All right. We'll see you guys next week. All right, friends. We really hope that you got a ton out of today's conversation. And if you want help, if you want personal guidance with individual counseling or couples counseling, or even help with you as a couple reaching the goals you have, just reach out. Give us a call at 916-678-1797 or shoot us an email at hello at dearyoungmarriedcouple.com. No matter where you are in the world or in your marriage, we can set up a counseling session with you and we can work toward progress. We also post marriage advice regularly on our Instagram, which is at Dear Young Married Couple. And we'd love for you to join us in conversation there. All right. See you next week.